0: What's Appalachian? In? in the small towns and villages where my grandparents were farming in Bulgaria, um, it's the same as, as Appalachia. I guess people help each other.
1: here alongside my co-host Gabe Roush and we are gonna bring you an exciting exciting episode today. I am looking so forward. How are you you gonna crack a can right in the middle of my intro? Why not? That's what's (laughs) happening
2: No it's gonna be a good episode man. I'm I'm really excited about this one.
1: I am I am. Uh, We have a great guest uh, coming on today and and I'm excited for you guys to uh hear you know what he has to what he has to say about Appalachian uh values and, and Appalachian lifestyle and things like that coming from a big city in a different country, may I add you? Yeah, yeah. Millen came from
2: Sofia, Bulgaria. Yeah. Moved to Mason County, West Virginia. <laughs> because everybody knows West Virginia goes by counties, not municipalities. Yeah. So uh really excited to hear his take
1: on this. So things. guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh get ready for an interview that's about to blow you away. But
2: first, we're going to go into one of our favorite segments, Appalachian Values, where we just talk about uh, things that have been passed down from our mommas and papas to our moms and dads that uh, kind of reached into uh, our daily lives. So, uh,
1: how about you first, Cody? Well, you know, I did... uh... I did you know I I took a step away from the norm here and what we normally do and I shared something to a website that's near and dear to me and I threw it out there on reddit uh, on the Appalachian subreddit Um, and I asked I just asked people um, you know those that follow that subreddit they uh, responded I asked them what some Appalachian values for them uh, for themselves uh, what they consider them as and, and you know, uh, I had a great response from J B H Dad. Um, it said self-reliance, community, overcoming obstacles, and traditional. He said you could really pick any of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a great point, um, dude. A lot of uh, traditional things coming from there. I think self-reliance, community, overcoming obstacles. I think that's definitely that all fits the Appalachian values for uh, sure. For sure. Stance, but you know what caught my attention there was uh, his follow-up and what he said was the whole quaint backward people angle has just been done to death for decades and the media highlighting that is what made the rest of the country believe that they could come here and rape and pillage an entire region preach mm, it dude I, I think you hit a great spot there for sure, for i sure. think and i think that highlights the whole uh, spot of appalachias you know one thing that i say uh to my students in the classroom is to not take advantage of my personality you know yeah, my personality yeah. isn't a weakness by any stand. you know okay. by any point of view um i think that's what he's getting at here is yeah. you know um i feel like you know some would view backward as a negative trait but you know i think for us you know when somebody comes in you're just kind of yeah. You know you don't know how to
2: hey nice to meet you man yeah what's what's going on yeah
1: and you know he kind of correlates that with um you know big big companies coming in and, and having an effect on um you know our our communities or our land or, or whatever i think it's a great i think it's a great
2: for sure for sure i mean i mean it's point of view since 1863 like industry industries came in just been like yeah hey, these people are nice let's uh Let's take advantage of this shit. And yeah, then, and then everybody that lives here is just like uh, we get a get a job out of this, though, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I mean we're cool with that. Exactly. I mean, we can take care of our families. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. sure, I, sure. I have a job. a job. We're gonna take all this shit, and burn some stuff down. But. Yeah, here's some so you get script. A job. <laughs> <laughs> here's some company script. Buy here's some fake store. ass money. Buy it at our fake ass store. Here we go.
1: <laughs> like I just you know uh, I, I think uh, you know he has a great point. Um, those are great qualities that we have, but I feel like at times. Uh, those qualities are being taken advantage of, uh, in the same sense. Just you know, just in hopes of for you know for uh, for some jobs that may come about. Yeah. Uh, that may not even be here in years to come. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's uh, I think that's interesting in terms of how for he sure, how sure. he worded that. At first, when I read that, I'm not gonna lie. I was just like, damn, like mm-hmm, negative Nancy. But I like, know, right? but then after movie. I sat and thought about, it, I was like, once again, damn. I know, like that, that's that so is, true. It's, it's, you know,
2: it's a heavy, realistic part of our history. It is. I mean, and not even just in West Virginia, but just Appalachia as a whole. Yeah. I mean, we all share that same struggle. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a pain in the rear looking back on it. But it is.
1: Hopefully, we grow from that, at least from now on. Yeah.
2: But yeah. We'll, we'll see. Time will tell.
1: So, about you, Gabriel, what do you think, man?
2: my mine's not as deep as that. I, was passed on from a friend, but uh, yeah, definitely not as deep as what yours was. And and mine's really maybe not so much of a value as it as it is, a maybe a tendency for Appalachian guys yeah. and gals. But uh, um, a friend reached out and said this when I was like, I'm gonna throw this out. Um, but it, it does pertain to beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's one thing that he has noticed. Uh, well, actually, it's this came from Melon who we, we're gonna interview later, but uh. He never realized this until he really moved to our area. Just like guys tend to drink the beer that was the beer of choice of their fathers. That's kind of what they cut their teeth on. And I I thought that was pretty interesting. As someone that lives here, you don't really think that that's something unique. I mean, because no, but my my dad grew up drinking
1: Bush Light. Yeah, and and here I am. What are you drinking?
2: Bush light, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I agree. I, I, I can I can follow suit there. I think I think Millen has a great point. Uh, and, and you know, growing up, I remember the first time that that I drank some beer, which you know was underage. But you know, I remember we getting Coors Light right off the rip, and it was just because, like, as a kid growing up, I just always watched my dad grab a silver can of Coors Light, and, and you know. Uh, silver Bullet Yeah, the Silver Bullet Drink a couple And, and things like that Now I will say The coolest thing About Coors Light Was watching the mountains Turn blue That's how you knew That your uh, That your It was cold That your beer was cold
2: yeah, That's too bitchy But Bush Light Tried that for a minute too And I was like Don't, don't
1: Oh really, did they? They did I didn't they know did. that I don't know if I was in college Or just out of college they, they, they,
2: they did that for a second too I wasn't a fan
1: Yeah, but I mean I, mean, I thought it was cool I think, you know uh, it's about
2: as cool as that little air vent on the side of a. Oh, Coors God. You know, yeah. That make, sure. makes sure. Drink better. Yeah, it makes me.
1: Yeah. yeah. We're
2: way off topic. On... No, <laughs> so I mean I we're know. not. I, I
1: think in terms of just drinking, what your dad yeah, drank. Think, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, that's what caught my eye too. Was the mountains turning blue, and you know, uh, that that was one thing that I grabbed from my dad yeah. was just Coors Light, just like you grabbed Bush Light from your dad, and now. You know, but it's a correlating effect. You know, I moved here uh, in town, which I grew up outside of town. Not not far outside of town, but outside of town. And, and I remember when Gabe and I first moved in beside one another, uh, his wife Alyssa and, and my wife Kayla and all of us moved in beside one another. And Gabe was just like, ah, well, I just had bush light. So, you know, at first I was like, oh, gosh, you know, I had a bush light and <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Now I own, like, Bush Light t-shirts and sweatshirts.
0: Converting <laughs> like, you know. anheuser Bush, uh, we would Bush. greatly appreciate any sponsorship yeah. for this podcast.
1: But, that, you know, that, that's what it led to, you know, and uh, Millen has a great point, and, and I would, you know, I would further that with, yeah. you know, you just drink with, with, you know, whatever surrounds you. Yeah, you
2: look up, you look up to your dad, no matter who you are. Most definitely.
1: Where you are. I mean, and
2: maybe that's not necessarily an Appalachian trait or tendency, but... Uh, I'm going to pretend that it is for the. Moment. Well, it's definitely a trait that a lot
1: of people can can agree with. I'm sure. Something I'll drink too. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but uh, man, I'm really excited to bring Millen on here in a few minutes. I'm too. Uh, I think it'll be a good one. Uh, I know he. We'll be meeting with him here in a couple minutes, and uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one, guys. I hope you uh, have you. You have your seatbelt buckled because it's going to be a fun ride uh, for this next segment. And we're going to get a really good, just good perspective from someone that's lived,
2: that grew up outside of the country, moved to our country during really formative years of his life, and uh, um, and fell in love with Appalachia, yeah, so to speak. So, yeah. uh, um, this is going to be our interview with Miller Madursky. All right, so uh, we've got Milan Bederski here with us this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he's been a great friend of mine since I was in middle school. Um, been looking forward to having him on since we really started this project because he has a really unique view on um, Appalachia and the values that Appalachia has. And uh, man, it's great to have you tonight.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. This, this is great. I've been listening to you guys' podcast for a few weeks now, so it's I'm glad to be on here. I appreciate that man
2: yeah for sure for sure Definitely. and he stays in touch all the time gives us feedback yeah i've i've appreciated that since the beginning um so I guess we'll just really cut into the meat and potatoes and everything man and uh because you you've got such a unique story um being uh from Bulgaria your family moving to the
0: United states and what was it around
2: o two o three?
0: uh yeah it was 2003 uh okay it was like October 2003. So it's been seventeen years, but really, like when you think about it, such a long time, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah,
2: I, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll just kind of take it back to the beginning. Well, to the beginning of like your guys's uh immigration over to the states. Like, so what, what, what really brought your family to Appalachia?
0: Um. Well, the the first person for my family to come over here was my dad. Uh, he came in early 2002 um you know f- for some time before coming over he- here he he was consulting uh with um, the alloy plant of uh, in New Haven uh mm-hmm. so they've went through a few names by now but um he was consulting for for a few months and then they uh they really liked the help he was giving them so they decided to just um you know invite him over um He came, uh, for, I guess, to check it out before bringing everybody over, Mm -hmm. you know, feel the waters a little bit. So he came in 2002, um, spent about a year and then I guess him and my mom decided to, uh, just bring us over there. So in October, 2003, um, myself, my, my younger brother and my mom, uh, we came to the States as well. So that was, um you know, it's a little funny now that I think about it, because at that point, um, my mind really wasn't going to, Hey, you come into the States, uh, you know, brand new culture, brand new language, everything. My, the only thing in my mind of my, uh, 14 year old me was like, oh, I haven't seen my dad in a year and a half. I really want to see him. So that was yeah. the only thing that I was thinking like on the way here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, when we got here, a few days later, um, my parents were like, hey, let's go to uh, the store. It's Walmart. I mean, we don't have Walmart in Europe. So they're like, yeah. Walmart, it's like, you know, they have food, they have clothes, they have everything. I'm like, okay, I like food, I like clothes, let's go. Uh, <laughs> so we we go there and uh, we pick out stuff. And then all of a sudden we end up in front of backpacks. And my parents are like, pick out a backpack. I'm like, for for what? Yeah well you're going to school on monday i'm like okay well you know i i brought my books over from bulgaria i thought i was just gonna homeschool myself um i guess that's not gonna fly so, uh, so i ended up getting a backpack and on the on the drive home that thought struck me i'm like i don't even speak the language
2: yeah he don't speak I, english 14 years old starting yeah. school in well, so, middle school essentially or uh, or a freshman pissed yep. that he couldn't yeah. homeschool
0: himself yeah <laughs> yeah I was, no I, I seriously brought all my books over because i was just like you know i was just going to study and that was going to be it but um yeah so start freshman don't speak english um and you know, Monday, we went, we ended up going to the guidance counselor's office and, um, uh, me again, completely just everybody's talking gibberish around me. Um, my, my father had an interpreter at the time. So he came with me, uh, and with and my mom to to the classes <laughs> and I they, they just put me in the, like the regular stream with everybody else. So I had like freshman uh, English, I had um, freshman, you know, computer programming or whatever it was. It was like keyboarding or something like that, um, uh. American history, and then science. <laughs> and, you know, it's and um, they they gave me a guide to for like, you know, how they assign a person to you for the first week or so, you know, to help yeah. you out. Like a pure buddy? Yeah, well, yeah, like, but the thing is, man, I don't even know sign language, so, yeah. like. <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> did so you not say was... the words that come out of my <laughs> oh mouth? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I did, I did not. It was it was the strangest sensation ever. It was just people
2: I cannot making noises. That.
0: And I'm just, like, deer in headlights. Yeah. And, um, uh, but that was interesting. So, in. uh computer pro in the, in the keyboarding or whatever word Excel class it was, I was doing okay with that. Cause I'm pretty savvy with computers. Um, and one thing I do remember is that the, I wasn't doing the exercises the way the teacher wanted me to do them. Mm-hmm. So he, he would always throw a fit cause I didn't follow the steps, but I didn't understand because yeah. I, I mean, the directions are written, right? I know yeah. what they want me to do cause there's pictures, but I, yeah. So that, <laughs> um, American history, you know that, that that's one class that I was really interested in if I could understand it right. um, <laughs> And um, I, I get to fourth period. I'm like, you know what? science, that's my jam. it's 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 equations and letters and variables. I'll be fine. It's not. Except it it wasn't. I was (laughs) going to say, freshman (laughs) science here in
1: West Virginia compared to probably (laughs) freshman science or whatever, you know, whatever Bulgaria goes by is probably night and day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um, Sedimentary
1: rocks.
0: (laughs) Yep. I, uh, and like the way it's structured in Bulgaria is in in fifth and sixth grade, you end up taking chemistry and then physics, um, Mm -hmm. both fifth and sixth grade. So each one of the sciences is like separate. Yeah, I learned it's about
1: rain in the fifth grade. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so all of that was, you know, there was, uh, I don't know what exactly they were teaching at the time, but I remember I walked in the room and uh, the teacher, Mr. Rao, he, he actually did a tremendous job trying to mm-hmm. like communicate with me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Like I, I, some other teachers did too, but he actually went like the extra level uh, yeah, trying to, yeah build that common ground um so i remember he 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 basically didn't know what i understood and what i didn't so at one time i just i went to the to the periodic table i think it was and i i just started telling him stuff about it and even the elements had different names like for instance uh sodium uh the symbol is na and in bulgaria it's it's uh natrium which is you know the latin name for it yeah which is the same as a symbol but here it's right. sodium so that's america yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so that was the first I, I would say the acclimating the first two the first two months were difficult just because you're trying to absorb everything right um that's crazy but i have to say that um you know going to school and being a freshman uh in a foreign country not speaking the language i thought they would be you know as as a kid you kind of worry about that kind of stuff i thought there might be like bullying i thought there might be you know be made like an outcast or something like that um but that wasn't the case at all Um, i mean everybody was super welcoming everybody really tried to help you um even though they might not have you know had a way of communicating with you um at least in the beginning everybody was trying to help
1: Well, and I I see that, you know, from my perspective as a teacher now when we get, uh, and I know it's a different scenario what you're in, but when we get foreign exchange students, um, there are times that, you know, students are always wanting to learn about their culture and what they, what they do, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I've never really seen foreign exchange students come in and be bullied and things like, which I know you weren't a foreign exchange student, but it's kind of similar, you know what I mean? Um, He just got to stay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, You were just stuck. Um, But no, I mean, I see kids nowadays, like, bullying, um, you know, when it comes to people from a different culture, from a different country, uh, they're so intrigued Mm -hmm. to learn about where they come from and and things like that. So, um, you know, I think that's really neat.
0: Yeah, no, it it was... It, it definitely puts your mind at ease is because you're already in a super stressful situation. Yeah. With everything else going on. So that's one less thing to worry about. I mean, there were every now and then, there was you know, like some, somebody who, who just doesn't like you, but yeah. that's mm-hmm. going to be everywhere. Well, that's
1: everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I actually have a, a pretty funny story about that. I was, um, I, I, I think it was the, af- after the first semester, mm-hmm. um, I went to, um, the guidance counselor, I went to my parents as well. And I'm like, guys, I can't do this. Like, you need to let me choose my classes because Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like still learning. So if, if you put me in an English class or a grammar class, I'm just gonna flunk. There's, that's, that's what it is. Um, so between uh, the semesters, I actually, gotta give a lot of credit to my mother uh, because when she, when we we're coming over, I guess she brought over a bunch of grammar books. Um, so over the course of the winter vacation, she's like, "All right, let's 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 learn the grammar, and then everything else is gonna be easy for you. After that, if you have like, you no, know, the basic structure of what you need to say and how you need to say it, mm-hmm. and how you need to structure it." Um, so over the course of that winter break, there was like two or three weeks, eight hours a day. I would only study grammar, 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 and like proper sentence formation and that kind of stuff. Um, so then going back in in the spring, I again met with the the counselor and I I told her, listen, I don't care that this, these chemistry and physics classes are for juniors, seniors, sophomores, whatever. I need to be in there because there's a lot less talking. There's a lot more numbers. Yeah. So I, I took uh, a math class, a chemistry class, a, a science class, and a physics class. It was just mm-hmm. a total jumble of an order, but it, it worked <laughs> out for me. It's a, that's a heavy jumble though.
2: Yeah. I mean, regardless of what state you're in.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just needed to, you know, because it's easier with numbers, even if, uh, and in the second semester I'm, i was still young it, you pick up the language kind of quick so yeah, i yeah the, the thing that was slowing me down is when somebody said something i had to bring it in my head translate it think about the answer in Bulgarian, yeah. translate it to english and say it back out yeah, so that took a few process you know years to just smooth out but yeah. so
2: yeah, that's what i did I, I
0: started taking a bunch of chemistry and physics and math to
2: Uh, I love that science was like the common denominator for you. That's what bridges the gap because like, like just learning all of this from you. when, I mean, when we were in school and stuff like that together and just like learning how you took chemistry and physics, and then that's essentially how you partially learned English. Like I said, uh, Jody Roush really helped you along with that. And I always thought that was just the most amazing thing. And you would talk about how, just like how fatigued you would be at the end of the day because you would be at school every day trying to figure this stuff out trying to do well in school and then you'd go home and essentially you're trying to learn english on your own Mm -hmm. at home in between like someone said something like this what the hell does that mean (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah and then Uh, just really doing a lot of work on your own solo man and that's that's something to be (laughs) commended i mean you're you're a very intelligent person anyways i mean i've known that forever but it's just thank you that's just that blows my mind of
0: how you we were able to kind of overcome that that barrier i think you know i i think that a lot of people and put in the similar situation would have done the same thing it's just when, when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place mm-hmm. you can either bitch about it or you can get something done yeah and there's it no sense like in Appalachian value yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah You know, there's no sense. I mean, you can, you can cry about your situation all you want, but at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you're the only one that can get yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there was a lot of days, you're right. There's a lot of days that I'd be so tired coming home from work. I mean, from school, three 4 o'clock pass out, go to sleep (laughs) just because you're, you're like a sponge trying to absorb what everybody says. Right. Um, Yeah. But as again, when I, um took those uh, higher level classes a lot of those seniors and juniors in those classes sophomores um they really did extend a helping arm I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, friend friends like uh Holt and Dustin and mm-hmm. um I'm still keeping in touch with them on on on, on a regular basis because I mean it just created a bond that uh um, right yeah it's very strong that's awesome
1: what I'm sure you know as, as a as a freshman coming in there or, or, you know, whatever grade, uh, there was probably a level of respect there too. You don't know, I mean? oh, yeah. like a younger kid coming in to a senior to level English. class. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and rocking it like, dude, hats off to you, man. Like it is what it is. Um, so I want to kind of take this back. You, you, you touched on this
2: a little bit with just really being excited to see your dad. So, um, so when you knew you were about to make that move from Bulgaria to the states and then and, and I'm not even sure if you realized the area of the United States that you would be kind of like transitioning to what were your expe- expectations of the United States and the region that you were moving to here in Appalachia did you have any at all or so the
0: as a young teenager i guess 14 year old um when i was thinking of the us like And it's, I think it's all over the world. Hollywood has created a misconception about what the U S is and what you should expect of the U S. Um, and so when I was, uh, when I knew that my dad was in West Virginia, the, in my mind, Virginia registered with DC and I was thinking, oh, then maybe it's going to be close to DC. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't realize how, um, Rural areas, because one one of the one of the culture shocks for me is I grew up in a two million uh, people city, in Sofia, right. the capital in wow. Bulgaria. So every my everything I did, I you know, it, it could either walk to where I was getting at or use public transportation. Um, even when like I was in eighth grade in Bulgaria, my school was about forty-five minutes of public transportation away from where we lived. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, being that young and not being able to utilize public transportation or walking, you kind of feel like um, you're really robbed of your independence Yeah, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, especially when the only car we had in the family was my dad and he would be at work the whole day. I, I had to either, you know, rely on my friends picking me up or um, be stuck basically. Oh, yeah. So that was, that was, that was one thing that I really, really didn't expect. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, another thing, I it was, West Virginia is very green. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, that's another thing that to this day is, is one of my favorite things, how green it is there from spring to like fall. And then you get the beautiful fall colors, but I've, even now I've traveled a bunch across the States. I've been to uh everywhere besides Alaska, North Dakota, Maine, and Vermont. Mm-hmm. And honestly, there's to me, and I might be very biased because I consider that region my second home. Yeah. To me, that's still has the most beautiful nature in, in all of the US. I mean
2: I'll drink to that. It, I'll drink to that
0: yeah even when you go to the Pacific Northwest, it's not as as green as and sunny and warm as West Virginia. It's no. just not
2: yeah gotta love hearing that I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I love hearing that. so um so, I mean, I knew you grew up in Sofia, which is obviously a very urban area. I mean, it's literally the capital uh, of Bulgaria. but like what what are the what are the main differences differences you 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 saw between Bulgaria as a whole and then Appalachia per se?
0: I, what, um, the attitude of the people, but that's not just Bulgaria, that's not just Sofia. Cause I can, I can see it here in Chicago. I can see it in other metropolitan areas as, as New York, LA. The attitude of the people is different um, because just to use an example, if, if you fall, um, there, everybody offers a helping hand. Uh, here, they're just gonna step over you. Uh, there's gonna be people that will help, but the majority of people are just gonna, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the most in, in most metropolitan areas because, yeah. In in the small towns and villages where my grandparents were farming Bulgaria, um, it's the same as, as Appalachia. I guess people help each other, right. and I think that's more of a. There, there has there's some sort of variable based on population or, or how close people are that when places get too big i feel like that sense of community dissipates it just it's mm-hmm. not it's not there
1: yeah
0: um that again the the thing that fascinated me the most uh about west virginia is how how helping how help helpful people were Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know i we got there there's, there's people I, I played soccer in the summer league in point and a lot of people wanted me to play for point high school
1: yeah
0: and uh, i basically told them listen i can't we can't do this because the school bus doesn't go all the way to mason right and um we don't like i don't have a car i don't i was 15, 14 15 at the time i didn't right. I can drive yeah. and there were so many parents from point that offered they're like oh that's not a problem you know, a few of us can work something out and we can come pick you up and take you yeah. to school and take you back that's home. Cool. I can see that.
1: I can see that. That's
0: like yeah. people going out of their way to do something good for you. That's, that's so rare. And that's so, I'm so thankful for that because, yeah. you know, when you, when you're not from that area and you try to describe how warm and welcoming people are, it seems far-fetched a little bit, you know, yeah. um, So, you know, in terms of,
1: you know, I know you had to adjust to the education system and and the language barrier there. Um, What what would you put as number two or three, I guess, uh, for what you had to adjust to when you came to the States?
0: Um, That's a good question. Um, So, yeah, education definitely was one of them and the language. two i three i'll get social life um I, again i there's um i feel like in this the states um if you want to be social you gotta participate in a lot of sports and events outside of school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um in in europe we do that but still there's a lot more social life that goes on after that right mm-hmm. and i felt like um, when I was younger, now it might be different, but when I was younger, the social life basically ended once, uh, you were done with the extracurricular activities. Yeah. Um, and then everything else was through like chatting and texting and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was different because a lot of the interactions and maybe it was because I was in a city, but a lot of the interactions, um, back in Europe were more in person.
1: Right now I can see that. I can see that. What, I mean, I'm thinking... Two in terms of um, you know you come to you come to uh, Mason, West Virginia and you have a McDonald's across the river. <laughs> and like uh, you know we did have a Walmart. We did have a Walmart on <laughs> <after laughs> Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking in terms of, you know, I, how was this area? I mean, I know there's probably a million different ways it was different. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I guess just being from here, how how much of a difference in terms of, you know, things you could do around here, um, you know, how much of a difference was there in terms of, you know, you're you're in Bulgaria, you wake up, if you wanna go somewhere, you're gonna walk there. Uh, In Mason, (laughs) okay I can go to school and I can go hang out at the where was it you guys hung out like the dam (laughs) or something like a wide spot (laughs) yeah like (laughs) I can go sit at tutors for like an hour I don't know so how was that different on a daily basis in terms of you know I could walk to the store I could do this I could do that in Bulgaria. now you move to Mason West Virginia where it's like Huh, shit, I guess like yeah. I'll go to school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never really thought about that until now that you bring it up. But I think the first few months I was so preoccupied and exhausted by everything else going on that I really wasn't. I wasn't trying to. You know, I didn't. First, when you come out, you don't even have friends, so first right. you try to make friends. Yeah. Um, But uh, I don't I think I was so preoccupied with everything else going on that the first um, few months that norm wasn't there. Yeah, it it just it was absent. And uh, I I guess the the difference part part is uh, when I want to hang out with people, I just get on whatever was popular at the time, ICQ or MSN (laughs) or whatever.
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah
0: and be time. like hey let's let's get together you want to go hang out let's go to the basketball courts or something yeah, like that yeah. and I, I remember that was uh that was the primary mean of uh of communication up at then. walmart
1: yeah i understand Hashtag O four. go for yeah oh man those uh, were the days we are old
2: yeah, yeah. we are. yeah it's official it's official oh man so obviously uh you, you finished out um school here and everything like that uh went to school in our in our area and then uh decided to or, or, or i know you worked did you ended up working at Felman, the same plant your dad did too for a I little did. while right
0: i did so i i finished school uh high school and uh, i went to college at raya mm-hmm. um got a degree in chemistry and physics and then i was trying to find uh a job at the chemical plants um and then i also ended up applying a film in which uh, you know my dad always told me i work this i breathe these poisons yeah. so you don't have to yeah so yeah. he was he was happy that i got a job but he was um he couldn't wait for me to leave that place yeah. i guess because yeah. he's like yeah. i he's been doing it for 40 years so he's, yeah. he doesn't want to see me uh be in the same atmosphere as him right. yeah um so, but then um, I think it was 2013 or something, and um, the, with the fluctuating prices of steel, they ended up cutting a bunch of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because I was still uh, young and relatively fresh there, I ended up being one of those people. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, people in West Virginia looking out for you. I had a lot of friends um, that were saying, "Listen, you have a lot of potential. You need to." goes to a bigger market you need mm-hmm. to go to a place that you know has more to offer for you yeah. and i really yeah. hated hearing that because i mean i consider uh appalachia my second home yeah. i it, you know it's bulgaria and appalachia i grew up there i mean if you think about it 14 to whatever 24 25 that's most of your developing years yeah, I mean, that's your adolescent years it, into your yeah. adult years yeah yeah, because, I mean, sure, 1 one to 10, but how much of 1 to 10 do you actually remember? Right, uh, yeah. so, uh So, my my friends were there, everybody. So, I felt like people were just, you know, trying to invoke a reaction out of me. Gabe knows I'm pretty competitive. So, when, <laughs> when people uh, try to challenge me, something, I take the challenge. Um, so, right. I was like, okay, you know, I, I canceled my rent for the next month i packed all my stuff in the car and you know once i make my mind up to something i just do it yeah and uh i might have to try to find a picture but my car was so packed with stuff that the rear of it was basically like sagging it was
2: it looked like out of a comic
0: book yeah Yeah. (laughs) so you know 10 hours later uh i was up in the chicagoland area and i uh I had a, you know, I, I came here quite often. I have a lot of friends that live here, mm-hmm. Here, um, I used to two or three, four times a year, sometimes for, uh, weekends, holidays, to hang out with them. So it was, I knew a bunch of people here. So I just thought that would be a good place for me to land. Um, so then I just started looking for anything that would project well in the future. I just, you know, I, I wasn't going to look for a seal job because right. you know, without everything going on. So I
2: yeah.
0: started looking at healthcare because, I mean, as, as bad as it sounds, I was like, you know what? People always need help, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's drugs or. Yeah, med- I mean, that's just reality. Yeah. So I ended up getting in healthcare um, and I've been working with uh, medical devices for the last, I don't know, uh, seven years or so. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's what made the push to sort of um, go away with it. I still keep in touch with everybody back there from high school, college. I I, I try to keep in touch with as many people as I can. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that, I mean, the, our generation is, is doing things differently. I, I'm really glad that, you know, Kelsey and has her own business. Uh, And I was leaving, Mm -hmm. she was first starting it. So I I remember talking to her about some of the growing things she was going through. So I'm really glad that she like stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, um, I still follow social media. I know that um, across the river over in uh, uh, in, in Pomerate, they they have a uh, uh, Larry's Cafe. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So I'm, river Roosters, I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they're doing really good as well. And you know, it just the, I like seeing the the things that weren't present when I was young there. So yeah. uh, you guys say that, that there's stores on Main Street now and that kind of stuff. I remember yeah. that when I came when we when I was younger in the US, 14, 15, so like 2005, 2006. Um oh, that was one Cody asked one that one was one of the things that really stuck out to you. It stuck out to me because um Point was the next biggest town. Yeah. closest to uh, to Mason, it's like what 15, 20,000 people. Yeah. Um,
2: no, 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 like four. Yeah,
0: like probably four. Yeah, four, maybe
2: maybe forty two hundred.
0: But compared, to, but compared to Mason, yeah, compared to Mason, yeah, it seems yeah. So I remember, my my dad was like, for, I don't know for what we. I think we went by the levee to see the, the monument there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we were walking on Main Street, and I'm like, this is like a ghost town. Yeah, everything's mm-hmm. boarded up and closed. Yeah, like Main Street. And any other place that I've been before in Europe is lights, people, stores everywhere. Yeah. And that really, that really caught me off guard. I was like, wait a minute, it's like a ghost down here. What's going on? Yeah. And it was such a good area because you have like the two two rivers meeting there and very scenic. So that's Cody. That's one thing that, that really caught my attention. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at, I'm sure in Bulgaria, especially where you grew up. Uh, there's probably not too much um too many dilapidated buildings and things of that sort um within your community and I, I could see where that would be a culture shock you yeah. know uh coming here and walking down main street and and at that time yeah the economy was,
2: between 04 and 08 it was yeah. a little different even than yeah it was now. hurting man yeah I mean and it's I mean I'm not saying we're completely recovered here locally no, no. It, it, there, there's been an improvement yeah I, it, I mean it and it it's crazy that, I mean, you, you came here 14 years old, you, you go through all of your schooling and stuff, you're in the workforce and everything. And then the same thing happens to you that happens to so many young Appalachians, yep. which I mean, Appalachian can sometimes be a brain drain, so to speak, I be. mean, you, you have the potential, but the opportunities for you aren't here and you're forced to go to another area. And it, it, it's, such, it's such a tragedy for our area, because I mean, you would be such a, a, a tremendous asset to yeah. any Appalachian town that you lived in, particularly yeah. our home area, which I, of course I'm biased because you're one of my, one of my really good friends, but it's just, it's so tragic that that still is happening. Yeah. And I hope that that trend reverses here in the next, I don't know, 10 years or so, yeah. but um <laughs> Man, i really stretched that out 10 years that's a long way away but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but you know what i'm saying trying to be re- trying to be realistic it it's is a process, a process but i mean it's just so interesting that e- e- even in in your experience um because i know that you you took in a lot of the greatness of appalachia yeah. and still appalachia wasn't able to provide for for you and i mean i think that's it's just it's just one of those things i guess it is well
1: it's like you said it's it's tragic but you know in listening to all this i think it's interesting um you know so many kids nowadays that grow up here um and and live here want to leave so bad yeah uh, they want to get out they hate it here um there's nothing to do there's no opportunity um which i do understand to an extent um if I graduate and become a nuclear physicist then obviously like there's not much (laughs) opportunity for me here but like what 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 do you miss you know if you know so many people leave and end up coming back and they raise families here yeah um what is it that you miss about this area
0: you know that's uh it's funny that you say a lot of people leave and come back because I've My, my parents have since, you know, went back to Bulgaria and all that. Um, but I've, I've told them so many times, I'm like, if the right opportunity presents itself and I can do what I do here and I feel challenged and I feel rewarded for my efforts uh, like professionally, and I would, I would move back like, like that, (laughs) I would just move back. It wouldn't even be a a split second decision. It, It would be that quick. Um, I I really do miss the people. I mean, um, as, it, as much as it might not sound, I. there is sort of a culture, even though, okay, I'll just explain this. So even though I did come from a large city and I lived in West Virginia for 10 years, moving from um, our region to Chicagoland, which is huge, it's like 10 million, that was a culture shock and on its own. Yeah. because growing and being nurtured in the environment that I had been, mm-hmm. I had, you know, you almost become accustomed to taking people's niceness and people's um, warmth as, you know, taking it for granted, basically. Yeah. It's something to be expected. Uh, some of some of the stories that, are, like, I remember the very first year I moved here, I was telling my mom, uh, my dad, my parents in Bulgaria, I was like, so, you know, a lot of times, um, my my brother plays a lot of ps and Xbox and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So for Christmas and stuff, I would send him uh, games over right. um, as, as presents. So I remember um, when I would go to like the Mason post office, um, the the person there would know my parents because they, they've sent packages before. so he right. would ask me, how are they doing? How is everybody back there? You know, hmm. how are things? And uh, when I went to the post office here, I filled out the documents, was ready to send it out, and the woman was like, "That's not right." I'm like, "Okay, which part of it's not right?" There's a sign over there. Go read it. I'm like, "You can't tell me what yeah. I did wrong." So I don't <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it really that much of an effort? Right. Um, <sighs> so yeah, yeah. No, there, there's you, you take the people's niceness uh, for granted. I think people yeah. were extremely warm there. They're, mm-hmm. they're very welcoming. Um, and that's, that's something that I do miss a lot about the area. So if I was to move back, that would be the, the number one thing, um, the beautiful nature, that's just a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, mean, I know that you, you personally ex- expressed in one of the previous podcasts that you just hate how everybody ravages it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I really think that's the, That's probably the the, the reason why people leave is because, you know, these big companies, they they just take the resources out without providing a stable job environment for everybody else. And, uh, you know, their headquarters are located somewhere thousands of miles away. Yeah. So they're just doing, they're just sending, you know, the boots on the ground, the grunts to, to just do the work. And they don't care about those people. And so that's, I think that's, that's West Virginia is, positioned so well because it's so close to DC. You know, if, if mm-hmm. those senators or those uh, big wigs wanted to make the region better, it's only a few for a few hours, like drive
1: yeah. away
0: yeah. from, from that. So yeah. it shouldn't be that damn difficult.
2: No, Preach it. I Preach agree. it, man. Preach it. That's I agree. I mean, I mean, uh, Appalachia has been exploited forever, but West Virginia has been the third world state of the United States since yeah 1863 so yep. man preach it and uh, i i wish that we would have that good of representation i hope yep. we have that good of representation in the future that hopefully one day hopefully one day when cody runs for office or something
1: yeah it's not going to be me <laughs>
2: Sorry, we me we me. gotta inspire our kids. Sorry, like, me. We're, we're, we're we're at the age we have to inspire our kids to yeah, make yeah, you do massive it. change. You do it, not nah, nah, You run nah, 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 yeah, you do. Oh <laughs> uh, shoot, No, uh, no. Nah, nah. it's it's good to hear you say that because it's it's the truth. Yeah. I mean, still living here. I mean, we're we're not in, in an extraction county, but we're in more of a manufacturing county mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of econ- industry and even still then like the outside corporations have the stranglehold on just about everything here too so and thanks to unregulated capitalism our yeah. entire state pretty much gets hung out to dry yeah. so
0: it's, it's a free fall it is yeah
2: yeah so
1: hashtag capitalism is cool kind of <laughs> i
0: mean
2: it's like a
1: time you've spoken in hashtags yeah uh, that's Millennial thing, hey man, trickle,
0: trickle down economics.
1: Yeah,
2: air quotes, it works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hashtag What's Appalachia?
0: It doesn't work, uh, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work at all. <laughs> uh, shit, what do you, man. um, so what, what do you guys think? Uh, just you know, because you've been there, and I know that being in the environment itself, it's much more difficult to see change um but what would you say has has been the biggest change the last five six years
1: uh, somebody else asked us that yeah just um, just today actually just today through email mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and to be honest and gabe and i's our answers may be a little bit different um but i think the biggest change that i've seen um has been the buy-in from the older generation man which is surprising Um, as hell yeah because you know around here i'm sure a lot of people can uh you know come to terms with this in terms of other small towns in appalachia like other listeners and things like that but um once the older generation started to see like shit they got this going on yeah like they can do this our community can be this yeah um they kind of jumped on board um and that made a big difference in our community man um a a big difference um and and i know we're just a small podcast but um a lot of the older people in this community have a lot of sway with Mm -hmm. uh state government uh some with federal government um and a lot of them have their have their thumb on on a lot of money yeah um and for a long time they just sat on it. Um, so getting them on our side was a big obstacle mm-hmm. I think um but challenge. once they kind of yeah,
2: challenge.
1: challenge. Uh, and once they once they said, you know they threw caution to the wind and jumped on board with us, I, I think that's when we really started to see true change in our community mm-hmm. so
2: yeah and and I, and I don't i've i've been kind of thinking on this for some time i i and i don't know if i necessarily blame it on the older generation for no i I, I don't want to be no 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 i I know exactly what you're saying yeah i don't want to be quoted as like putting it on the older generation but But the older generation that like i mean you, you, you think back to the 60s and 70s in our region well we'll say 60s
1: yeah
2: and into the 70s like things were going well yeah and then there was this period of time between their like kind of quote-unquote prime Mm -hmm. to right when we were kind of coming of age there was just this long period of stagnation Mm -hmm. whose fault that is it it doesn't matter it's in the past but they there i think at least in in our immediate area they see younger folks that are energetic and Mm -hmm. willing to put in the work and then they see that that is a good opportunity to reinvest back in the community so I i think there was just a gap in generations there on that um and then just people become complacent they they just accept what is rather than being like no hell no this can be better yeah we're gonna try this but and and i and i and i i'd like to think that that's other small towns in appalachia starting to see that a little bit more as small town lifestyle is becoming a little bit more popular particularly with um the millennial generation maybe into gen z as they become a little bit older too we'll see right time will tell but I think that that's that's probably been the biggest change. Cody's spot on with that.
0: Yeah, I you know, it's even though it's uh, I feel like it affects small towns more um, people getting used to the status quo. It's definitely universal. I I think Mm. that's the the, the stagnation you're describing. People start feeling comfortable with what's going on and don't really want to put in extra effort to I, I feel like that's across the board, just human nature. Yeah. So yeah. it does affect smaller communities more because you have less people to be initiative. Uh, but I think it's it's probably yeah it's to some extent everywhere.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And so um so th- this is kind of I know we're kind of heading towards the end of, of this time frame and stuff like that, man. And this is a question that I really want to ask just about everybody we have on if it hasn't really truly been answered, but like for, and I'm so excited to hear this answer from you because you are initially from Bulgaria, grew up the first 14 years of your life, came to the U.S., lived in Appalachia for several, several years, and then have since moved on to a larger city at the time. But what does it mean
0: to you to be Appalachian? You know, it's it's such a deep question because you, you can you can have so many different answers to this.
2: Yeah, I want to hear it all.
0: The, yeah. hear it the all. one that the one that rings, especially true to me is, you know, there's such a cliche to say, don't read a book, by it's cover, but the way Appalachians approach situations is they're, they're gonna try to like, people are gonna try to help you first and foremost. They're not Mm -hmm. gonna judge who you are, where you come from, or even if you speak the language, but people will try to offer a helping hand. Yeah. So to me, being Appalachian is just being a good person, being a responsible person, being a person who's willing to go out of your own way in order to make somebody else's way easier to walk on. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's you know that's probably the the number one um, thing that my mind goes to when I when I hear that question is just being able to think for more than just yourself being able to think of others before yourself that's it's and it's rare it's it's rare it's um it's a very i think it's a very very human trait and it's it's very apparent there um uh, because um uh, e- even after you know when i when i was in the workforce and my and my uh family was gone uh i'd go to to the hut to have a few beers after you know after work or something yeah and i would i would run into one of my uh, dad's colleagues or ex colleagues and they'd be you know they give, give me a big hug be like come here let me tell you a story about you dad yeah so <laughs> have a few beers and yeah it, it's just it just creates this sensation of warmth and just being welcomed so yeah. that's, that's that's what's that's appalachian what
1: that's what's appalachian
2: melon <laughs> <laughs> man i i cannot tell you how much i appreciate you being being willing to to be on the podcast and everything man i mean truly from like the deepest part of my heart yeah I mean, you're you're one of my greatest friends from school like and we always stay in touch i just appreciate you being willing to to do this it means a lot
0: thank you thank you for having me and you guys i'm I'm so happy that you're doing this um living so far away from from what I consider home, my second home. Um, this this podcast has definitely given me a window and being able to, you know, indirectly keep in touch with with my friends and and what's going on back there. So it's very much appreciated. Well thanks, man. Yeah. It means a lot.
2: God bless America yeah. that that and that's what we hope for. And and I hope other people kind of get that same feeling too. But man, yep. it's it's been great man it's been great your story to to me i mean i I think our listeners are gonna like it but to me like your your story is like with anybody that i've known through my entire life it's one of the coolest stories Agreed. agree in in, in regards to appalachia and everything like that just kind of i in and and adopting lifestyle falling in love with the lifestyle yeah and and just continually appreciating it uh, thank you for having me yeah yeah man you have fun up in old chicago the windy city
0: Uh, We're about to freeze now. I'll thaw out in April.
2: Yeah, (laughs) that's all right. Just keep sending those pizzas or something. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Have a good one. You too. So this is a new segment that we're planning to to do at least uh, I don't know maybe once a month, and uh, it's it's the premise is pretty simple. we're going to title this one Chugging for Charity. So, essentially, one of us is uh, going to chug a beer while the other shares as much information about a nonprofit or community project um, that we can before the other finishes his beer.
1: So, uh, here we go. So, uh, my foundation I'm going to uh, donate toward is the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I think it's very important. Uh, because they donate for scientific research for, uh, the public knowledge of mental health and suicide prevention and (laughs) advocate, and advocating for mental health. I think it's very important guys and girls that we, uh, keep in mind the aspect of mental health. Um, as a, as a teacher, I, I, I come in contact with many students within my classroom of, uh, Students that struggle with mental health, coming from families that, that struggle and things like that. So, uh, you know, this first one, guys, um, this one's near and dear to my heart, especially uh, coming from somebody that that you know, I'll throw it out there. You know, in terms of anxiety and things like that, I experienced that just like you know a lot of others probably do. But uh, it means a lot to me, um, and that's what uh, that's what we're chugging for in terms of charity, and, and that's something that we're we're uh, striving for here. So. Gabe. So, uh,
2: try- uh, Bandera Care, Bindari Community Assistance and Relief Effort, which is care, is a nonprofit organization in New Haven, West Virginia, that raises money throughout the year to provide financial relief <laughs> <go ahead>. <laughs> 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 for those who have suffered hardships or tragedy. They also organize a Christmas for Kids effort, where they provide gifts for qualifying families in the area. This is just a group of regular fellas that just want to have a positive impact on their community. If you'd like to help them out, feel free to mail in a monetary donation to Bendary Care, PO Box 542, New Haven, West Virginia, zip code 25265. And also check them out on Facebook for upcoming fundraisers and events. And maybe we need to do two beer chugs. <laughs> I guess I, I guess we need to
1: because that was uh we're, I, that almost makes me feel bad about myself. It is what it is. But, <laughs> but I'm excited about the next one, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I know um, we said that we would try and get as much information in on that. And, yeah. It's pretty and we have information. It. I mean, this, it is, is. this is stuff that's important to us. Yeah. Uh, I think we just, you know, we throw beer in there because we like drink beer. But yeah, it makes it I, I think, guys, seriously, uh, the, next, the next segment is, is something that means hell of a lot to us uh, in terms of Gabe and I and, and I know just uh, well I'll, I'll let Gabe um, bring this next one in. Yeah I mean it, it, it obviously leads into something that we're wanting to
2: do um, That we're going to title Cans for a Cause so pretty much in an effort to be more environmentally conscious we're going to be collecting and recycling all the empty cans that we accumulate <laughs> while, while recording <laughs> from now until like March 31st uh, we'll be recycling them and donating the proceeds to the Mason County Homeless Shelter um, here in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Um, so if you would like to help out, uh, give us your cans to recycle. Or yep. you can just make we'd be happy for you to make a monetary donation to the Mason County Homeless Shelter. And you can get more information on that by giving them a call at 304-675-1840. Yep. That is 304-675-1840. So we'd appreciate that. It's the only homeless shelter within, I don't know, probably a four-county radius yeah, here within our region. Yeah. And uh, they, they take in a lot of people do a lot of good work, a lot of God's
1: work there. So. Yeah, and, and you know, I, just to piggyback off what uh, Gabe had said, I know a lot of you uh, you know, within this area, we have a lot of listeners from West Virginia, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, If you guys are drinking soda, drinking anything of that sort with, with cans you know um you know recycle that we we urge you to recycle those and uh or or you know give us the give us the proceeds from the cans that you collect i know that gabe and i you know you catch us on a saturday night around a fire then uh you know there's gonna be a lot of cans sitting there at the at the end of the day and you you know just sitting here uh i know it's unhealthy but you know at the end of a month when you look at a trash can Full of cans and, and and things of that sort. I know there's a lot of. Uh, I want to just throw it away. I mean, no. just from an
2: environmental standpoint. And then at the same time, it, there, there's a little bit
1: of money. We- it could benefit. It could definitely benefit. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, just sitting here with Gabe, I think that's one thing that we come up with. And and I think it would be a benefit to uh, to our area. Uh, I think a lot of people in this small town fail to. Realize that there is a homeless population here in Point Pleasant, West yeah. Virginia. I think yeah. that's something that's overlooked, and I think that's something that's that, to, that Yeah, I think that's something that uh, needs to be addressed. Um, and and it's not, you know, nor here nor there. It's it's just somebody that's fallen into some uh, unlucky time. times, and yeah. and we've Peace. all been there, guys. And I think it's something important to to put a focus on in terms of the. Point Plus a homeless shelter. So, you uh, guys, you know, cans for a cause. I think that's something that Gabe and I are going to be big on uh, here in the upcoming months. You know, like Gabe said, until next next March, correct? Uh, March 31st. Or like this, push, this, yeah. yeah. Um, push it through
2: the 31st of March. Yeah,
1: and we'll see how much we raised. And you know, um,
2: and, and and if you have cans you want to throw towards this, if you're hanging out, listening to the podcast, throwing a few back, save those cans. Uh, direct messages. We'll, we'll figure something out how we can get them yeah. from you if you're within a reasonable radius of our location but if not we, we encourage you to like I said make, make a donation to the homeless shelter here exactly uh, they're doing great work and uh, we, we want to help the people that are having having tough times because you know what it's an Appalachian value you're right so uh, thank you guys for joining us again for another week of our
1: shenanigans and hanging out so uh Y'all take care. Y'all take care. This is Cody Greathouse signing off alongside Gabe Roush. See you guys.